We are learning that from Gimel. We're starting from the bottom Mishnah, Ben Bez, Amid Bez. So the Mishnah speaks out a mother, Anam, Chavera, a case that we're familiar with. Someone who's a subject to Nadir, where he can't get benefit from someone else. Reuben can't get benefit from Shimon, Loya, Shilanu. So the Allah Shimon can't lend him things that we understand is giving him Anav, Loya, Shimon, and he also can't borrow. Ruben can't lend things to Shimon. That's hard to understand. Why? We'll see in the Gemara. Loyal ben Menu can't lend him money. Ruben can't borrow money from Shimon. We also, we also can't have the opposite. Ruben can't lend money to Shimon. We'll have to understand why. Loyim karlo, Menu. They can't do business with one another. So the Gemara analyzes, tries to understand. We understand why Ruben can't why Shimon can't lend money to Ruvain Kamani by Shimon is benefiting Ruven by lending him the money. Ruvain can't get benefit from Shimon, so Shimon is benefiting him by giving him the money. But the idea that the borrower can't borrow money from, from the subject of the nether, that's hard. My Kamani what benefit do you get from borrowing? Right? So what if the whole idea is Ruven can't get Hanar from Shimon, so then what's the issue with Ruven lending money to Shimon? Even if we could figure out theoretically a case where it doesn't make sense, um, and we showed him try to explain what the case we could make sense of it is. Let's say the 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 Noder is borrowing very weak coins and he's repaying the Nether with better coins, coins that are you know easily more accepted in the market. So there you could say that uh, when you're borrowing such a thing. Reuven lending the money to Shimon, Reuven is going to end up benefiting from that. And therefore, Reuven can't give such a loan. Even if you're going to make such an understanding of forced interpretation in the Mishnah, but certainly when it comes to borrowing, what in the world, what kind of Hanah could Reuven be getting from Shimon when Reuven is lending Shimon money? Lending Shimon a, 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 an item to borrow. So it's coming right back to him and he's getting no Hanah from Shimon. If anything, Shimon's getting that Hanah from Reuven. So how in the world do we understand there? Well, of course, to Reuven to borrow from Shimon, we understand there's also, but Reuven to lend something to Shimon doesn't make sense. So my the Mishra was talking about a case where they each had another to answer themselves to the other. Now it makes sense. Reuven can't have enough from Shimon, Shimon can't have enough from Reuven. That's why it's also for them to do any business, to borrow from one another. Or to lend. The pshat is you can't, Reuven can't lend to Shimon as Xera that Shimon might lend to Reuven. All of it is Xera. So really the case is there's only one to the other. Let's say Reuven can't get enough from Shimon. But it's still awesome for Reuven to give the Hanab to Shimon because if Xera, then it might be the other way. Shimon might give Hanab to Reuven. Okay, now the Gemara continues. What happens? Someone said, I want you to lend me your cow. So not a mother Hanah scenario. Just I'm a regular case. Someone says, I want to borrow your cow. So I'm laying a penia. The guy, Reuven says, Shimon, can I borrow your cow? Shimon says, I'm sorry, it's not available. So Reuven gets very angry by this. And he says, I'm konim, sorry, shani, chosh, You're not going to lend me your cow. My field is konim that I can never plow with your cow. That's like his response and his anger. He's offering the benefit of Shimon's cow, uh, and the benefit that would have of bowing his field. So now the question is, what happens if Shimon at a later point wants to actually lend him the cow? Allah is, but here Reuven already made a net there that his field can't get any benefit from the plowing of the cow. So we say as follows, if Reuven's way is that he usually plows fields himself, so who usher? It's only he who is forbidden to plow. Everybody else would be mutter. So in other words, when he said, my field is, is konam, from the cow, we assume he meant from my plowing. He meant it literally, only from my plowing, because he normally plows. So we assume that was his intent of a nether, and he was saying, I am never going to use your cow for plowing. So even though that nether is binding, there's no issue for somebody else plowing with the cow, using Shimon's cow to plow Ruvain's field. But if Ruvain was not usually plowing fields himself, so then we understand that the intent of the nether is my field should never be plowed by your cow. It doesn't make a difference who's plowing it. So then, and both he and everybody else is also to plow the field with this cow. It wouldn't matter who is actually doing the act of plowing. Continues the Mishnah going back to What happens? Ruven has this has this uh, nether. They can't get benefit from Shimon. But Ruven doesn't have any food. 
And Shimon wants to be able to provide for him in a mutter way. The guy is starving. So what should he do? He can't directly give him hana. So what does he do? Can't give him food. So rather he goes to a storekeeper who he normally shops by and they have trust between each other. And he tells him the story. He says, Reuven is a mother hana for me. And he doesn't have food. I don't know what to do. And then the storekeeper gets the hint. Who knows? In other words, just to speak this out, Shimon cannot tell the storekeeper, give it food for Reuven from me because then that's directly giving him, not to make a difference if it's him or it's shliach. So here the point is, he just tells him the predicament. He doesn't tell him what to do. The storekeeper picks up on the hint. Who knows? Saying low, he gives this, the Reuven, the subject of the net, the food of Anot, and then he goes and collects payment from Shimon. Similarly, let's say, Ruven had a house he desperately needed to build. Gidro Ligdor, he had a fence he needed to stand up. So, so Deo looks for a field which needed to be harvested. He doesn't have the money to hire workers. So Shimon can't hire the workers directly for him because then they're doing it for Shimon that would be directly benefiting Ruven. That would be Osir. So what he does is he has to find people he trusts. So he pull him. He goes to workers that trust him. For Omer, again, he just tells them about the predicament. Ishbon, mother He tells them so-and-so is subject to an adder for me. He can't benefit from me. I don't know what to do. How do I get, do I get him the, the benefit? They know Zinimo, the workers take the hand. They go do the work for Ruven. And they come back and they collect their wagers from Shimon from the vower at a later point. Continues the Gemara, that's all, the Mishnah, that's all good if there are other people to help out in the middle who can take the hint. But what if I'm let's say Reuben and Shimon are traveling together. And again, Reuben can't get an offer from Shimon. He doesn't have anything to eat. Only Shimon has, has food, but he can't give him his food. So what does he do? He must give, find some other traveler to give it to them as a gift. And then the subject of the mutter, of, of the nether, would be mutter. In other words, let's say Shimon is able to find a levy and he gives it the food to levy as a gift. At this point, the subject of the, of the nether doesn't have an iser to benefit from it. So it's an interesting thing here. It sounds like we're only allowing this because the, the nether has no food. And the Rabbanan, since it's not going directly from Shimon to Ruben, the Rabbanan were makel. But in general, it sounds like um, we, we wouldn't be makel with such a thing. And it's specifically because the whole thing is a ploy. But we do it here because Ruben doesn't have the food. However, in Imam Acher, let's say you don't even have somebody else. It's only Reuben and Shimon. So even that trick is not helping. So then what do you do? Maniach al-Aselo al Then you put the food on a rock or a fence for Omer and you say, These items are ownerless and anyone who wants to use them can have them. So he's making that his items are ownerless. Once they're ownerless, and then the subject of the Reuben can come and take the food and eat it because he's not taking Reuben, Shimon's possessions. Once Shimon declares the items to be hafkir and he puts them in the rock and they're no longer his, it's for anyone to take. So once it's hafkir, it's not his. Once it's hafkir, it's not his. Reuben now is allowed to take. Again, it doesn't look good, but we're makel in the times of need because Reuben doesn't have what to eat. Rabbi Yossi, Oseh, Rabbi Yossi says this is not a valid trick. You can give it to somebody else that works, but just being mafkaret and then Reuben is going to come and take it, that is not a valid trick. It is forbidden. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan, my time to Rabbi Yossi. What is the reason for Rabbi Yossi that we don't allow this ploy? Kasava hafkir kamatana. He holds that when you make something hafkir, it's similar in a way to giving a gift. Ma'amatana, just as when you give a gift. Even if you promise it away and you use your words and you say, I'm giving this to you. It only switches possess, it only actually is transacted when the possession is switched. Only once it comes and there's a kinyan which is made by the receiver, only at that point can, 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 can the giver no longer retract. So, so, in other words, you need a Kenyan. Without a Kenyan, it doesn't switch. Af hafkir, so too when you declare something to be ownerless. It's not actually switching hands. It doesn't leave fully the possession of the one who declared it hafkir until it comes into the possession of the one who acquired it. So according to Rabbi Yossi, when you declare something hafkir, it doesn't become ownerless. It doesn't leave your possession. You can still retract and pull it back. And since you can still retract and pull it back, 
until a Kenyan by a new receiver is made, then therefore, if Shimon would declare his food ownerless and Reuben would go and take it, it would still be considered like Reuben is taking Shimon's food. Just saying that it is hefker just means that someone could go be kona from you. It is not into a new state of being ownerless. It's a very lamda shamach locus. The Tanakama holds hefker is a new entity. It is not owned by anybody. So if Shimon is mafker the stuff, and then Reuben takes it. He's not taking it from Shimon. He's taking it from the hefker. Whereas Rabbi Yossi seems to be saying that hefker doesn't make it into a new entity that is not owned by him. He still is able to retract the hefker until someone makes a Kenyan. That means it's still considered to be Shimon's things. It just is designated for anyone to come and make a Kenyan on his things. So that's the Chakira. It's Hefker, it's no one's. Or Hefker, Pshad is, it's mine, but it's for anyone to make a Kenyan. Rabbi Yossi holds, it's mine, just for anyone to make a Kenyan, and therefore it's not going to work in our Mishnah. Says the Gemara Masar Abba, the Brideser says, This idea that you put, the, put it on the rock on the fence, someone else comes and takes it. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, Asr, Rabbi Yossi, Emma said, When am I answering it? That's where the nether was there before the, before the Hefker. So, meaning, first you made the nether, and now you're trying to figure out the way to get the food to Ruvain. So now you're making the Hefker, and I'm saying that that doesn't work. Let's say, stop, you were mafker your food on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday you made the nether. Then then it is mutter. The subject of the nether could eat that food that was hefker. In other words, we're saying that it, the only reason why Rabbi Yossi doesn't let it is because the hefker was made after the zman of the nether. But if the hefker came before the zman of the nether, and then the nether comes, then it's okay for the subject of the nether to take from the hefker food. Now, if the lum that's in Rabbi Yossi is, the reason why hefker doesn't work is because the things that are hefker still belong to the noder, that's the lumdos. What difference does it make if the nether is before the hefker or the hefker is before the nether? Either way, hefker is still the things that belong to the noder. That's the point. So even if the hefker was there first, when you make the nether, the nether could take effect on the dvarim shal hefker because according to Rabbi Yossi, when it is hefker, it's still under the possession of the one who made the nether. So if we see in the b'risa that there's a distinction which one came first, so clearly we see the point is not that Rabbi Yossi holds that hefker still belongs to the owner. So Rabbi Abba answers who most of them really it's like we said that what that once you're mafkirit it doesn't leave your possession it still is in your possession ah what difference does it make if the hefker was there before the answer is kol anode whenever somebody makes a neder in daitol masha hefker he doesn't have in mind that which he already declared ownerless meaning when I say you can't benefit from me. I'm not including my food that I already said is hefker, even though when it is hefker, it is still mine. And of course, I could asser it, but I don't intend to. That's a general assumption of the intent of the noder. The noder probably did not mean to include the dvarm shal hefker in his nether. So of course he could, and of course hefker really still belongs to you. But if the nether came after he was already mafkir, we assume it wasn't included. So when the nether was first, then you want to be mafkir there, Rabbi Yossi doesn't allow it because it was already usher. So hefkir doesn't change it. Reuven would still be benefiting from Shimon. But if the hefkir came first, then we assume the, net, the nether is not including the dharm shal hefkir in the nether, and therefore the subject in the nether could take it. So the point that we're saying is once you make something hefkir, and then even though, even though it's still yours, and now you're making a, a nether, you're probably not including the nether, um, you're not, not including the dharm shal hefkir in your nether. So most of Rabbi Vikasha from Rabbi. So it's a little introduction here. Is that we're talking about a shchiv meiras when a person is is a very sick. So it's a special rule, a sick bad gift that when a person, we assume a person is only making it because they're assuming they're going to die. And because of the anxiety, uh, it's very difficult to make sure all the kinyanim are done. So we say any, any of the things that they said, all the instructions that they give are binding even without a kinyan. That's the law of Amat Nashchiv Mira. However, that's with the caveat that the person ends up dying. If the person ends up getting better, and there was no kinyan, it was just his word, so then he gets the money back. Now, the idea that we say over here, that it's a man how do we know if it's a man or not? So basically we say that it's when a person is giving away um, all their stuff. But if they're only giving away some of the stuff, so then, so then it's tough to, to, to understand it that way. So now let's move on. Let's look at what the Bryson says. 
A person is very sick and he says, I want some of the things to go to one person. And then afterwards he says, I want everything to go to a second person. So in other words, he's saying two different statements. He's saying, give some of the stuff to one person. And since he's only saying that, that's not called the Matna because you're only giving some of it. So we don't know. If you're only giving away some of it, it seems like you're expecting to recover. So therefore, it's not made in the anticipation he's going to die. It doesn't have the din of a Matna So what he gave the Miksas and the partial to the first one, that's not Matna But then he comes along and he says, I want everything to go to the second person. Now, what does he mean I want everything to go to the second person? He couldn't mean everything that I have left goes to the second person. Or it could mean that he changed his mind and he wants to give everything to the second person, including things he had already said should go to the first person. So the Paraisa comes along in Paskins, what's the halacha, if he gets better? So normally, when it, what happens to Manash when he gets better? What's the law? So, so he's able to take it back. But still, what do we say? The first person acquires what was given to him even if the sick person recovers. Shani Lokana, the second person does not acquire anything if the sick person rec- recovers. So what's the pshat? So when normally, what's the halacha? When you give it away because you thought you were, you were going to die, you could retract, but, but not a regular gift. You can't retract. So when you give away everything, then we understand you're only giving it away because you think you're going to die. That's a manashkimera. When you give away part, then we assume, no, you're not assuming you're going to die and it's like a regular gift. So in our case, so your gift to the second person is definitely manashkimera. You give away everything that you had left. So therefore, it doesn't, it, it's not going to be, it's not going to be when the person recovers. But the gift to the first person does not have the status of Manashkimura because you only give away part. Therefore, it's a regular gift. And even when he recovers, he's able to take it back. Now, we're going to prove from here that when a, when, a, when, a person, when the sick person made the gift to the second person, we assume he was including even the possessions that he'd already given to the first person. Why, why, how do we see that? Because if we, if we don't assume that he meant to retract the gift to the first person, and he was only trying to give the second person what remained after the first gift, then both of the gifts should be Why? I, he gave only part to the first person. Yeah, but then he went and, went and gave more to the second person. So meaning, let's say a person gives in two increments. I give half to one person and half to another person. Then we assume you knew from the beginning you were giving away everything. So even the the gift that you have to the first person would be a matnashkimira. So what's the pshat here that we're saying the first one that was partial is not matnashkimira? You ended up saying, you ended up saying that you ended up giving it all away. Terrence says, we assume when you said everything should go to the second one, you're retracting for the first guy. That's what you're trying to say. The first guy, originally, I only had a mind to give a little bit. Now I'm retracting. I say, actually, I want to give everything to the second guy. So now we understand. Right now, it's a matna shchiv To the second guy, should get everything. And it's a non-matna shchiv regular, ordinary gift, partially to the first guy. Now, very good. When the guy recovers, the matna shchiv bottle. So the second guy gets nothing, and the first guy gets partial. But if we would say different, then he meant from the very outside, he's going to give some of it to the first guy and the second guy is going to take what remains so then the whole thing should be a matna shchiv meira. even the first guy saying to me a matna shchiv meira. I only gave the when I was giving the part to the first guy I had in mind I was going to give the second part to the second guy so it's not a retraction so therefore everything should be a matna shchiv meira, and he should be able to take back from the Rishon as well so from the fact that he can't take back from the Rishon Rishon Kana it must be that when he gave it all to the second guy it was a retraction and we had in mind to give it to the first guy he was not giving it an anticipation of death he had to give a stam give it to the first guy and he's retracting and including everything that I already gave to the the Rishon, I want to go to the Shani and everything left as well. And that's the initial Manash is only on the Shani. And that's why when he gets better, only the Shani is not going up, but the Rishon is gone. So what does it have to do with us? What do we see? What we see is that even though a person already pledged the partial amount of his possessions to the first guy, when then he says, everything that I own should go to the second guy, he's including what he already gave to the first guy. So just like over there, you include to the second person that which you had already partially pledged to the first person, so do here. When you made Hefker and then you say everything I have should be a Nadir, we assume you're including your Nadir. It's a very far-reaching, broad stroke that the Gemara is making. The same way, 
when you give money to a first guy, and then you say everything I own should go to the second guy, we assume you're retracting and giving even what you pledged to Ruvain. So do here when he makes the half the hafker first, and then he makes the neder. We assume that you're including even what was already put into the neder into hafker. So the Gemara says, Elam Arava, we have to retract. What's the Pshaw where Rabbi Yossi Asr It's not because he holds Hefker is still owned by the owner. Hefker is not still owned by the owner. Hefker is a new entity. Rabbi Yossi agrees to that. It's clear that that's the Pshaw. So what's the reason why Rabbi Yossi is Asring? Why is he Asr to, to put it on the rock and declare it Hefker? Elam Arava, it's because of the decree that came from the story of the gift of Beishkorn. What was the story? So we're going to the Mishnah's later. A person had Asr his father from getting benefit from him. And then the son was making a wedding and he wanted the, the father, the grandfather of the Chasm to come. So what did he do? He, but he can't, he, he can't give him benefit. So he made all the food of the wedding to go to somebody else. And he said, I only want this so that my father can come to the wedding. But the recipient of the gift said, ah, you're giving this to me? I'm makdash everything to the base of mikdash. So that's a wild thing. That shows, it was evident that the whole thing was, was not really to be a gift. The whole thing was a ploy. I'm giving it to you. So the recipient says, well, I'm giving it to you. I'm being makdash. No, 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 I'm not really giving it to you. I'm only giving it to you so that my father can come to the wedding. So it was so evident that the whole thing was a trick and a ploy and that wasn't really it was serious intent. And therefore the Rabbanon said after this, no playing games. So Zakrabiosi, that's the same thing here. We cannot play games. We cannot play games. We cannot allow Shimon to simply go ahead and put it on, on the rock and declare it after because it's so evident. It's so evident that he is that he's playing a game and that it's not a seriously meant to uh, be a hafker. And since it's, it's clear that it's not serious to be a hafker, therefore it's clear that it's a game and it's not allowed. So Lamaskana, everybody agrees that hafker is a new entity. Hafker is a new entity. It's left Shimon's possession. So technically everything should be allowed. But we're still not allowing it. Rabbi Yossi is answering it because it is so clear that it is just a ploy.